Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Test, test, check, check. Ready, set, go. All right, welcome back. It's the Ohio Podcast. Uh, it started another week. It's February 1st. Man, we were so ready for 2020 to be over, and now we're already a month into 2021. Time's flying this year, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, it's already, uh, January's already in the rearview mirror, and, um, uh, you know, um, it's not been a bad January, probably probably because I've been inside the house most of the time, Chris. Yeah, well, I mean, I felt that there was stretches of 2020 that just never seemed to stop. It kind of, it felt like probably the longest year ever. And then, I don't know, January seemed to fly, which, I mean, it's all right. No worries. We're ready for February. It should be good to go. And um, a couple announcements just to start out. Uh, we are recording a little bit behind on podcasts. Had a couple of cancellations late last week. So we're recording the Steelers podcast later this morning. And that'll be our extra Monday podcast for today. So look for that in your feed probably um, early afternoon, I would say. And check that out. And then also a big announcement. Brandon, I did not get to talk to you about this yesterday. We uh, met briefly about another matter. We are on another service. Um, found out that Twitch is available, and we are now streaming to Twitch. So if you're into Twitch, you can find us there each day, in addition to all the other places you can find us. Brandon, have you ever tried Twitch before? I never got it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm probably past that Gen Z fa- uh, phase. Uh, I'm an old millennial now, so no, I have not. <laughs> well, look at us. We are so Gen Z. I mean... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if Gen Z need a podcast, it's Ohio. No, I will definitely tell you that. No, it was funny. It was out there, and it's mostly for people to play video games and to talk about the video games they're playing. But some of the podcasts I listen to, they're on Twitch. And then over the weekend, the great Tyler Buchanan, the next time he comes on, I want to ask him about this. Tyler started a Twitch channel, and Tyler was playing the old video game Backyard Baseball on it. And, hey, anything Tyler doesn't want to check out, so I checked out that video. It was a very short video, but Tyler Buchanan playing old video games. That was exciting. It was great. Yeah, a lot of folks use uh, that kind of stream for their video gaming. Um, I don't get the the allure of watching other people play ga- video games. Uh, it's kind of boring for me, but, you know, whatever floats anyone's boat. <laughs> I think you got to be entertaining on it. I, I don't like... Just to say, boy, I want to see this game being played. Yeah, it sounds boring. I think you've got to have some 
humor, whatever else. I don't know. Maybe on the Switch channel, I'll try to play a video game once. We'll see. I, I don't know. But like I said, any, anything to get our podcast out there. Again, you can subscribe to this a variety of other places. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all over the place. But, you know, Twitch, it's another way of checking us out. So if you're on Twitch, I'm not sure if you stumbled across this on our first day, but if you stumbled across this, hello. We're here daily, and like I said, we will live stream our podcast to Twitch as well. So, exciting times, man. What a time to be alive. Boy, what a surprise for your February, Brandon. It is this exciting. So, all right. Well, let's get into the news. Thankfully, it wasn't a huge news weekend. I always get afraid on Monday going, what horrible things do we have to talk about? But, you know, let's start out with something that's uh, it kind of stinks, but I guess it's not horrible. We had a ton of snow in Ohio over the weekend, um, Central Ohio especially. Usually we're kind of the balmy area. We don't get hit as much as Northern Ohio does. But, Brandon, up here we got up to eight inches over the weekend. Uh, how was it? You're on the kind of the west side of uh, Columbus. I'm on the east side. How's it over on the west side of Columbus? Yeah, it's it got hit with snow. Um you know, uh, everything covered in, in snow. My dog was running around in it when I let them out for they're doing their business. But um, um, this morning, it looks more icy than it did yesterday. But, um, um, yeah, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily the biggest amount of snow we ever. I, I, I've, I've grown up here most of my life, and I remembered when the snow would be, like, you know, feet feet tall, maybe, feet high, maybe, and uh but this is lately snow snowfall amount hasn't been too bad over the years. But um, I like it how some people are like, I come from another part of the of the country, and is this how much snow we usually get? I'm like, no. But yeah, uh, um, or like because they say schools would close for this amount of snow, and I'm like, oh boy, you, you poor, you you poor uh, creature that you. So yeah, I w- I had kids upset with me yesterday because we. Um, you know, for kids going outside, the snow is always their fun, you know, thing to do. But it was raining. That was the thing that was kind of rough about yesterday. Not just the snow, had some rain that was kind of freezing. And when they wanted to go outside, it was like freezing rain. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. And the ground was messy. And uh, I've got a little girl that likes to sit on the ground. So when she goes outside, she'll run around. We got a big trampoline she'll jump on. But she likes to just sit in the grass and play. And I was afraid of a, a big mud, muddy pants situation. So we're like, no, they got upset. So it was a little bit rough. And I don't know. I haven't checked yet about the school closings. I know up in kind of Mansell there, there's some more. Um, there was a two-hour delay for my family's school. Uh, but it was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, just – and I, I'll tell you this too, Brandon. I love Central Ohio. I love Columbus. I'm a big fan. You know, I'll, I'll go on – the podcast and say great things about Columbus. The only thing that sucks about Columbus is the driving here. So I always tell people up in Northern Ohio, they're like, oh, why are you so freaked out? You didn't get as much snow as I do. But I said, look, people in Columbus can't drive. So I always look at it saying an inch of snow is like a foot of snow up in Northern Ohio, just based on what it causes drivers to do. So we did not want to drive anywhere yesterday because with about eight inches of snow on the ground, it would be almost like eight feet. So, I don't know. <laughs> did, did you go for a drive yesterday? Did you, did you check anything out on the road? I did not, thankfully. Um, my wife might have was planning to go out, maybe. But, um, alas, it did not happen, probably for the best. Um, my mom, I, I was actually 
scheduled to go help my mom out with furniture moving, but that was tabled. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it was probably for the best because I heard the roads were pretty icy. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that's rough. And we live in the back allotment here in Columbus, and our rough thing is there's a lot of hills and everything. I've gotten my car stuck. There's a huge hill uh, that is by a little bit of a woods area by my house, and I'm like, I do not want to go out. So we'll check it out today. Hopefully it gets better. I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, one of the other things I wanted to the promo is we're starting to have some weekend content, weekend reviews. Uh, Craig uh, is a big uh, pop culture guy. And I don't think I mentioned Craig's feeling under weather today. So he's off today. Uh, hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, but Craig over weekend uh, reviewed Blood of Zeus. I don't know, Brandon. I'm my anime guy. Have you ever heard of Blood of Zeus before? Yeah, I've seen it on Netflix. I haven't watched it, though. Okay. Um, he checked out Blood of Zeus. We actually got Blood of Zeus responding. They were appreciative of Craig's review on Twitter. thought it was kind of interesting. And then uh, Craig also did the old Comedy Central show, Nathan for You, which I, I haven't seen that one either. Have you? Um, no, I have. It doesn't, doesn't sound familiar to me. I've heard of it, but I'm not sure where I saw it from. So I, I got to check Nathan for you out. And then Paul Yanchek, who does our Steelers podcast, he actually was helping us out with some reviews. He actually reviewed Barack Obama's uh, memoir, uh, which I thought was interesting. And then, too, we, we're not a faith podcast. We're not a Christian podcast, per se. But religion does influence some of our personal lives. So um, Paul's offering to do some devotion. So, um, hey, it's Sunday. Church Day, so we figure out we, we might as well share a devotion, and we're going to try to share a little bit on Sunday. So again, a little bit of everything. We're, we're kind of eclectic. There's a lot of stuff that we're pushing out there, but hopefully uh, hopefully it's uh, good stuff for you. Um, anything else that was interesting about the snow yesterday? I know. Pretty much uh, some made snowmen, some went sledding probably, and I stayed home. <laughs> yes. That's where I'm at too. Hey, there's a pandemic outside, and it's a lot of snow. Why go out? That's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I will say I am hoping um, I'm off work today, so I'm, this is my kind of p- podcast catch-up day. We're going to record some podcasts today. I want to check out the Marco's Pizza Bowl. I, I'm anxious to review that on either on the show or on the review. So hopefully I can get out of the house today. I, I'm hoping by late morning the roads are going to be a, a little better. I want to go to Marco's and check out that Pizza Bowl. So I'm excited to share with you guys. It, it should be fun. Bad photos only, Chris. <laughs> yes, bad photos. Well, I'm going to go in there and say, will you give it to me for free? I'm sure they'll be like, what? <laughs> What's going on? I'm like, all right, well, bad photos coming. You know, check out our podcast. That's how we'll promote our podcast, you know, threaten the local restaurants with bad photos of their food. It should be good. <laughs> and I will say, I did check out that picture of the Subway Protein Bowl. I was kind of going back through and editing some stuff on the website. And, yeah, it wasn't the greatest photo. Uh, if I I looked at that photo going, man, I don't think I want to eat that protein bowl. It looks like something else. So it wasn't good. <laughs> so <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, let's check out what else is happening. Um, I shared the story with you, Brandon, and I'm not wanting to rip on the Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't agree with them, but hey, you know, believe in what, what you're going to believe in, whatever. But, you know, there was a couple stories of um, you know, the dispatch of the story, and I think the story I shared with you was the Beacon Journal. 
uh, talking about how Jehovah's Witnesses on over COVID-19 are changing their strategy because um, Jehovah's Witnesses are a religious group that they'll knock on your door and they'll come in and they'll talk to you. And it's interesting because I've read that I find it kind of annoying, you know, door-to-door salespeople, if it's for religion or for cable, whatever. It's frustrating for various reasons, but they don't mind. And and they actually, if you slam the door in their face or if you curse them, they, you say, get out of here. They actually say, hey, this is cool. I'm, I'm good. It's kind of like that's their persecution and everything. Well, I want to take this a step further because, you know, again, whatever Jehovah's Witnesses want to do, they want to do. But they're actually doing different things. They're not coming to your door anymore. Because obviously with COVID, you don't want to do that. I'm saying, Brandon, everyone else should take a lesson for the, from you know Jehovah's Witnesses. Even after COVID blows over, why is anybody coming to your door to sell stuff? I, I don't get that. Like, we were talking yesterday about cold calls. And yeah, cold calls are tough for people. Sometimes it's a necessary part of business. But anymore, why would you knock on somebody's door unannounced? If you're selling faith, if you're selling cable, if you're selling whatever, even if you're saying, come to our block party, why are you just knocking at somebody's door unannounced? What's the benefit of that? I'm trying to understand why this is a good thing. Well, I think it hails from a time when it was acceptable. Um, right. You know, you the back in the day when, you know, neighbors were unfriendly or terms, I'm not saying we're not friendly with our neighbors, but we're not like bringing over the brownies, so to speak. Maybe even that happens in some parts of the country um, still, but those kind of days are kind of past um, for one reason or another. Um, you know, just, I'll, you know, you know, um, a couple stories that come to mind on this, but the latest, the latest one I incident I had of this is like, we had some man actually knock on our door, Chris, like this past week or so. Whoa. Um, and, we looked out our, we got, had just thankfully we had a ring doorbell installed. Um, so we could look out and there's this man with no mask, no mask at all, knocking on our door. We don't know what he wants. Um, dogs are going crazy because every time someone knocks on the door, they go crazy. So that's just, uh, makes it just as annoying. I mean, it's bad enough when the postman or the Amazon delivery person shows up. Um, no mask. We don't know what he wants. It's dark. It's late at night. And then like, um, we see that he did put something in our door. I think we weren't sure. But we noticed he just walks away and doesn't go really like door to door. He doesn't go to any house. So we don't even know why we were picked. Okay. Um, but we opened the door and it was like this Bible pamphlet or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think what uh, what I didn't mind getting it. I don't mind receiving that. That's kind of do- documentation. What irked me though is he's he's, he's he doesn't he's not pretty. He wasn't. He was kind of disheveled looking. Um, not wearing a mask. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. I don't, you know, I mean, like this doesn't look welcoming, like to open the door. Um, but, um, and I, I also, um, it's, it does, it does send like the wrong kind of message. Like, I do not care about your, your, your being to wear a mask right. at least, you know, uh, another story way before the pandemic though, is um, it was late Saturday night at eight o'clock and we had two Mormons actually knock on our door at our apartment up in Delaware. And it was just kind of, it was like, this is the oddest time you're coming out, man. I know it's probably time when we're home, but it's still, it just felt weird. And I, I just think it's kind of an outdated concept. So. Well, and I'm thinking too, okay. I don't want to give away your address or anything, but you live in an area of town that stuff has happened before. I mean, it's not, 
there's not bullets flying over your house, but you and I both live in areas that crime has happened before. Is that fair to say? Like, I'm trying to... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very I'm very protective of my neighborhood, but I will say this, that, yeah, I live in the hilltop area, and I do think sometimes it, it, the worst stories do get on the news a lot. In an area I'm in, it's not one of the worst parts of the hilltop, to be honest, but still, you got to be careful no matter where you live. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. I might, I'm not looking for you to rip your area. And, hey, it's good for people to come into areas. That's how areas get better. Like, if we all avoid certain areas, then the area goes to crap. But what I'm saying is, I think especially today, especially in the area that has had crime in the past, like my, the area I live in, it's not one of the worst areas of downtown or interstate Columbus by any means, but there has been crime happen in my neighborhood. So in light of all that, if you're someone going door to door, again, if you're with a church, cable company, whatever, okay, you may not want to knock on doors of areas that have had stuff happen in the past because people in that home are probably less likely to come in the door and say, Hey, how, how are you? What can you sell me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Door to door sells. I'm not even, I another, Oh man, same Delaware apartment, Ohio, Delaware, Ohio apartment. I should say not Delaware the state, but had an IGS guy come to my door, made me put in, in for like the way, and I'm saying though he made me, I know I have a choice, but, you know, they're, they're kind of trained to trick you into it, but put your information into the tablet, um, get you through the process. Oh, let me show you how much you'll save on your energy bill. Oh, yeah. And then, Oh, hit sign. And then I'm like, I'm not interested. Got so, got so touchy with me, uh, walked away. I even felt like mad because I don't remember what he was able to sign me out of my information. So my lesson from that experience was, don't even bother putting your information in a tablet. Very, very aggressive and say, I'm not interested to put in my information right. in the tablet. Because that that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a security risk there. So lesson learned there. Um you know, uh, uh, as far as Jehovah Witnesses go, you know, my wife was used to be a practicing one and she told I heard stories like how she at eight as an eight-year-old, you know, and very into the faith, you know, she would approach, you know, some of the most people that might not necessarily we might be afraid of whether they were gang members or, you know, homeless or whatnot. So she would, I feel like in some ways it's nice to be as part of the outreach. And there's a lot of bravery in that, um, you know, Jehovah's witnesses uh, outreach style has always been made fun of um, by, you know, greatest scene ever from airplane where <laughs> the guy, pilot comes in and there's like this guy, same guy pretending to be every kind of, a religious pamphlet handout or um, any guy finally punches him in the face rightfully so. But, um, um, you know, I do think it's about, you know, today we should always be thinking about the lesson is what's effective. What's the, what are the most effective practices and methodologies? I mean, like when I was at Ohio state, we always had the weird creepy guy or strange old guy on the campus yelling out in a megaphone about how everyone's going to hell. <laughs> um right. Is that effective? That's just the question. I think, you know, any sensible person should ask, you know, to get your message out today. Well, yeah, and I, I'm not even picking, just picking on the Jehovah's Witness because they frustrated me in the past, but it's more of just the idea of you're at home, you're with your family, 
yeah, you get messaging. If you turn TV on, you see commercials, you go on the internet, you get requests for money or anything else like that. But I feel it's your choice. Like, if you don't want that messaging, you can turn off the TV. You don't have to go on the internet. I don't like it when you're home. And granted, we're home a lot more now with the pandemic. I, I totally understand that. But at the same time, it's like it's your time. And to come to your house, even if you've, even if like that message, if it's a religious message or or, a, or an offer, maybe you would love that message. Maybe that's the message you need to hear. But to come to your house, it just feels so weird. I'll even take a step further. I love my dad. I, I I've you know he's been he's passed uh, about five six years ago now. I would give anything to have my dad back. So I, I don't want to sit here and rip my dad. But, you know, one of the things that frustrated me about my dad, and get this, Brandon, well, what would you think about this? So you go, I go up to my dad. My dad likes to drive around. Even as an adult, we'll drive around, loves riding with him on errands. He would go up to people's house unannounced. Like, he's like, hey, I love, I want to check in on fill in the blank. Maybe somebody at his church, somebody or family. I'm like, oh, okay, are you going to call him? Oh, no, I'm just going to stop by and say hi. Like, what the heck? My high school speech coach. And, hey, if you stumble across this, Stover, we need to talk. Uh, Stover's off the grid. Uh, that, that was the name of my high school speech coach. And, you know, she's been hard to get a hold of. I'm not even sure where she lives or where she's around or anything. So we were driving around her whole, her town that she lives in. And my dad's like, oh, I know where she lives. Let's go and say hi. Do you have her number? Nah, let's just go and say hi. Like, what the heck? And thankfully, nobody was in the house, but we stop by the house, he's knocking on the door. So it's not even just like Jehovah's Witness or sales guys or everything. It's sometimes it's, it's odd family members. And I'll say this. Uh, I can't remember the relationship, but there was a family member that literally told my dad, hey, you've got to call before you come over. Because there was one day where he came over to the family member's house at 7, 7.30. And again, they knew who he was. They weren't creeped out. You know, they didn't think somebody was robbing the place. But just call before you come over. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to simply give the absolute, like, person I would feel like door-to-door isn't, isn't the most comfortable, for sure, in today's century. But, um, of course, when you look at political campaigns, usually that's an effective campaign strategy. There's a lot of debate about whether... Um, the Biden campaign was right to make that call about not doing doing so much of that door to door, and um, probably what helped out with the Trump campaign. Some some states like just still doing door to door, despite we're in the middle of a pandemic. There was a lot of tug of war over what was the best pathway forward. Um, but you know, the difference on that is, you know, they're most likely going literally door to door. They they have a strategy, they have an approach. It's versus like you know. The random, hey, I'm just gonna show up here. I'm gonna go show up here. You know, like there's no rhyme or reason. Um, you know, try to make it, and especially at wintertime, I would say it's when when it's most likely get to get dark. When it's most likely yeah, yeah. early, you know, I would say that's the least. That's the one time you should not be campaigning um, or going door to door. It's like wait till it's still light outside. Wait till you know, you know. Um, when people are like maybe around six or so, when if it's still light, that's my kind of my prerogative anyway. So yeah, yeah, don't knock on my door or anybody's door when it's dark. And you might say, well, what if you were in danger? Or what if? Well, hop in your car and go. You, you know, just take a drive or something. Because when you knock at somebody's door, 
Okay, you might say, well, this is a crisis moment. Okay, you got a cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I've got a neighbor across the street from me. that I don't talk to that much, but he's kind of like the neighborhood watchman. Like, he'll tell you, hey, there's somebody suspicious around your house or something else like that. I've got his phone number. So, like, if, if a crisis hits and I have, instead of knocking on his door, call him, even if it's the middle of the night. Because when you knock on the door, you don't know who that is. It could be the neighbor. It could be a robber, whatever. My, my wife mocked me for calling the police a couple weeks ago. But I had a, somebody knock at my door at 5 a.m. And who knows? Maybe it was a neighbor. Maybe it was somebody drunk that was lost. But I'm sorry. It's the middle of the night. I've a got good strategy. Yeah, a good strategy on that, Chris, would be you did the right thing calling the police. Good strategy. If I'm if I'm out in the neighborhood and someone's chasing me or pursuing me and I'm, on, I'm in the middle of nowhere or whatever, knock on every door, raise hell, and someone's going to call the police eventually. Um, oh, okay. I mean, that's what I would say. But don't, but don't knock and hope that someone's going to let you in. Just knock on every door because more people will be like, what's going on? They're going to go talk on next door neighbor app or citizen app, and then they might someone will call the police. And that's going to bring that, that police down to that street eventually. But keep them Run away as fast as you can, but um, you know, but you're talking about that crisis situation that, like, once in yeah, life the, the crisis situation, and um, go to a public place, a gas station, or whatever, uh, need to do, and then let the cash go. Know, um, they'll call the police if they have to, they might even put you can stay in the room, maybe if they'll let you, you know, usually people in those circumstances are going to be helpful in that usually usually in kind of situations if it's depending on what time it is and maybe there's a public library um you know nearby or any public off the building you know just get inside get into the public or get into a lighted area uh for those kinds of situations but don't put all your ba- ba- eggs and eggs in one basket yeah. by going trying to make one person force a family member to let you in we all we've most of us maybe maybe some of us have watched the purge and we know what happens so oh, yeah yeah and definitely uh, yeah but the rule of some like i said you mentioned the exception and again the exception is a once in a lifetime and hopefully it doesn't happen to you i mean most people that doesn't happen to but i mean just I, I i'd say don't go knocking on random people's doors and if you're sitting there going, well, that's my job. I'm a door-to-door salesman. Well, find a different way of doing it. Buy email list. Start emailing people and say, hey, I'd love to set up an appointment. Or, like, you know, I, I was thinking, in our front yard, we've got, like, a big area. Kind of, we live in, like, an oblong property shape. I always talk to, a lot of thought about this going, wouldn't it be nice, like, uh, there was a story last year in This Week Papers, the weekly uh, publication in Columbus, where they were starting to have concerts outside, at, like a neighborhood concert. And they were doing that when you couldn't have concerts inside because of the pandemic. I'm like, man, host a neighborhood activity. Like, if you're door-to-door sales, instead of knocking somebody at random times, sit there and say, hey, we're going to bring in guitars to play music, and then uh, after he plays, I'm going to talk about God or talk about why you should buy cable or change your, you know, change your energy provider, whatever the case might be. I mean, to me, that sounds like fun. It's a, a community activity rather than this random knock at the door. It's it's 2021. Just forget it. That's what I'm saying. Um, speaking of weird things. Now, I'm going to mention the name, and uh, you know people are going to uh, get fired up either way. But Donald Trump, okay, he's out of office and some Ohio Republicans want to make a Donald Trump day. 
Now, again, anytime we see Donald Trump, there's going to be weird reactions. But before we get to the Donald Trump part of it, why are we naming days for anybody? I, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I Like, unless it's for your own personal, hey, look at me type thing, why does it matter if we have a day? And again, you know, it's not just for Donald Trump. We should never have a Joe Biden day. We should never have a Barack Obama day. We shouldn't have a LeBron James day. Why are we naming days for people? It sounds weird. Oh, I mean, like we have President's Day, we have Martin Luther King Day, we have Columbus, Christopher Columbus Day, and um, it's just usually those were ways to memorialize people of the past. But um, um, yeah, I mean, like it doesn't make sense in the mo- as a going forward. Probably not, especially in these charge times, I suppose. Um, but. Um, you know, I, I kind of laugh, you know, you know, Chris, there's so much talk today about the Senate filibuster and getting rid of it, you know, because it's always holding up legislation. Maybe we should swap it for how the Romans used to do it, because the Romans, what they would do to block legislation is just declare a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I just, every, um, almost every day was a holiday. <laughs> well, and look at Martin Luther King. And, I, and sadly, I think some people question his legacy, which I'm still a little bit confused by. We talked about that. Uh, what was like a couple weeks ago on Martin Luther King Day. But but the thing I, I don't get is, okay, Martin Luther King died for what he believed in. Okay, Donald Trump, if you love him or hate him, whatever, he's just out of office for a week or two. And, and they didn't like mint Martin Luther King Day the day after he died. I mean, Martin Luther King stood for stuff for his whole life. And he paid the ultimate price. Donald wow. Trump was voted out. I mean, like, let's don't those don't equate, you know, I mean, come on, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, as far as King's legacy, like we talked about, you know, when he's a man of virtues and vices, just like George Washington and who we celebrate his birthday on too, um, which we call it presence day though. Um, but I think, um, you're right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, just like, do we give a holiday now to every president? I don't think so. So, um, um, yeah, this is kind of low, low hanging fruit that and anyone can usually shouldn't say this is not a big priority. I just think people just want to really the the Donald Trump has captivated almost a good chunk of the country to where they are. They want to memorialize him so badly, um, you know, and really just there's it just comes off as a bang on the chest kind of 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 action. And, you know, whether you agree with that or not, I mean, it does come off forced to me. So, I mean, no one, I haven't seen anyone, I have never, ever heard someone say, we need a Barack Obama day or a Joe Biden day. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the closest one on, on the, on the, will be if Bernie Sanders was ever president or, or um, if he ever had been, maybe they would have pushed for a Bernie Sanders day, but <laughs> that's about the closest I can go on, on the both sides front. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. And again, it's not even political. No, give nobody a day. It's like statues. You know, we're all into the statues now. You know, should we take this statue down or should we erect statues? Let's just don't do any statues. I mean, it, it just sounds weird. It sounds weird that we're memorializing people in certain ways and everything. And again, it's well, yeah, statues. Here, I'm gonna make I, I, my, my my gripe with the statue thing is like, look, I don't mind taking down statues from places of prominence. Like Robert Lee in, in the in the in a in prominent place of the Capitol and putting it as long as you put it in a museum, because back then statues statues served a purpose to the era of ages old because they didn't have social media they didn't have the internet they didn't have um have all these tools 
Um, so this was a way to memorialize people and then to contribute to, and like usually historians love to, you know, in academia, they always love to say, oh, if you're writing about a history subject or a person, you need to make sure there's a statue attached to it. Like there's some sort of, like that was a good primary source for them. Today now though, internet is forever. We do not, everyone is memorialized on the internet in a sense, like that is our statue. Like it's going to be really interesting a hundred years from now, Chris, of like when people will be Googling people, all the tweets or all the, all the things that presidents have said or done or videos, there is so much history already documented. The only thing that could wipe it all away is if we lose power or energy or, you know, um, um, something like that, God forbid. But, um, um, but that's kind of, that's kind of like our, our, that's like our modern day version of the statue. There's no reason to erect one today going forward, unless it's for some sort of, you know, maybe it's, a, it's some, sometimes they're done politically for political reasons, or, you know, it's a little bit of a nice nod, you know, like the Holocaust Memorial we did back in 2014. Can't say that was purely not done for political reasons, but it was still a nice gesture that uh, the capital of Ohio actually has a memorial to acknowledge that an event um, that happened over in Europe. So, well, and I will say, I can make an exception for that because the Holocaust Memorial is more of remembering people, not just a person. I, I mean, I don't know if that's a fair enough. That's a fair. That's a fair. That's a fair thing. You know, it's not about. It wasn't about. It's not sort of like a, a worshiping. I guess is uh, of a of, of a person's ethos. I suppose. Yeah, we're remembering a sad time where, you know, just unthinkably, you know, there was people who said, "Hey, let's kill off a race of people," which was just insane. And I, I'm I'm okay with that because we're not remembering. Like I would I would even be weirded out if we remember like one Holocaust victim because we're like, why we remembered one Holocaust victim? when millions and millions of people died. I mean, I'm okay for a Holocaust memorial. Well, and see, here's the other thing, too. I think here in 2021, we might be like, oh, statues, this is weird. We don't want to erect any. But look at sports. I mean, LeBron James, we can't erect a statue to LeBron James fast enough. And again, going back to the conversation last week, hey, I, I like LeBron. I think LeBron has been very well mistreated by his city. But we don't need a statue for LeBron James. And here's the other weird thing. Like, I was looking this up. Uh, Bob Feller, he's an old baseball pitcher for the Indians. He has a statue beside the Indians' new stadium, which was nowhere near where he played his baseball games at a different part of the town. I'd say instead of statues, keep some of these old buildings up. Like, you know, we, we're in such a gang to tear down old stadiums and everything. Why don't we keep them up and use them for other things? I mean, that's the statue I want to see. Like the place that Bob Feller used to play his baseball games in, but just to make statues of people, it, it just—I I, it, again, it's not the worst thing in the world, but there's got to be better uses for our time and energy. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, it's funny, like the Kerr Stadium, you know, the old one is still going to be repurposed into like a uh, part of the community sports port, sports park, maybe a training grounds for the, yeah, for the team, yeah. but at the old stadium. They have a statue of its founder, Lamar Hunt. But that was back in the 90s when, again, I, you know, you know, yeah, we have newspapers, stories about him and his efforts with the crew and stuff. But that statue would made would have made perfect sense. Having a statue of him made perfect sense for that time. I think statues are kind of just an outdated method of preserving some someone someone's contributions in a way. And I love to see if they relocate that statue. Either they 
make it part of the community sports park that Columbus is trying to work yeah. with the state for or move it to the new stadium. We'll have to see what their plans are on that front. But um, or, or even the Ohio uh, History Center, the museum nearby. I mean, that's uh, yeah. You know, they've got good Ohio sports exhibit there now. Yeah, keep it up. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I, I just like you know. And back to our original conversation with Dave's. Yeah, if you want to have like a Holocaust Remembrance Day, or if there's something that happened now, maybe you know, maybe ten years from now we say. Man, you know, so many people died from COVID, and, and that number shouldn't be as high. You know, maybe we have a COVID remembrance day or COVID nineteen. Looking back there, whatever, that's fine. But but to say people, I, I'm creeped out. And, and you might look at it and say, "Hey, I've heard your podcast. You said things critical of Donald Trump." It's not even that. I mean, my John McCain. Okay, John McCain's my favorite politician of all time. I can't say anything bad about John McCain. Please don't do a John McCain day and don't make statues of John McCain. You know, remember what he stood for. Don't, you know, put him in marble. You know, so again, I, I'm not for statues for anybody. Just take them out. It's it's bad. All right. Um, also wanted to talk about, and we talked about this last week, but I saw a column um, in the dispatch of the weekend. Made me laugh. Wanted to quickly go for, through some of these guys. Um, Joe Blundo, who, who writes for the dispatch, um, he was joking about um, Ohioans. He would love to see run for Ohio Senate. And again, he's joking, tongue playing firmly in cheek. But we said to this last week, and I want to give Joe a little bit of credit. Go for some of these people. Uh, he was throwing out there again as a joke, Baker Mayfield. I, I would never think Baker Mayfield should be a Senate candidate. Sorry, Chris, you cut off. I heard Baker May- Mayfield, and then the world froze. <laughs> well, a, a Senate candidate. I, I can't. I, I can never imagine joke or not joke. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield is a Senate candidate. Oh, I feel like all the Baker Mayfield haters will love that. They probably would have fo- fo- advocated for that, so he could stop being a quarterback for the Browns. So. Yes. Well, and Baker Mayfield was in the news because you know Mayfield had a good season for the Browns. Now, again, they haven't made the playoffs in twenty years. Let's don't go too crazy. But yeah, good year. And already there's uh, people wanting to trade for Deshaun Watson, who's a popper quarterback that's available for trade right now. And Baker Mayfield responded to that tweet laughing, going, why are you trying to get rid of me? So, you know, joke or not joke, if you're not even sure if you're going to keep your starting job, you shouldn't be a Senate candidate. So I'm not for Baker Oh, man, I love that. He was like, y'all. He used the good Midwestern y'all Browns. are funny. That was a great tweet. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> what about Larry Householder, the disgraced former House Speaker? Hey, you know, if you can't make it in the, in the Ohio House, why not go for the U.S. Senate? I'm not even sure why this is a joke. I mean, I, I can't imagine we would think about Larry Householder. I mean, like, you know, it's so, so Ohio scandals are weird in this sense. At least this one is. I don't think anyone, any Ohioans really understanding the nature of the scandal. Um, I don't, and I, and I'm, it's like, um, yeah, just, they don't understand the nature of the scandal. I don't think it has the same kind of impact of, of like the sexier scandals, like with the last four years of Russian collusion or Ukraine scandal or whatever. I mean, this is just kind of, kind of uh, state politics, I guess at its core, but um, Hey, the fun thing about householder, you can always say is like in the face of adversity, he never gives up, I guess, you know, um, well, and I'm thinking, though, 
you know, there's some Ohio politicians. I mean, I think, you know, when Dennis Kucinich had some of his troubles and who else? Like guys like um, Jim Trafficking. I mean, there were guys that kind of skirted the ethics of law and we were kind of down with it. You know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe House Florida has a chance. I mean, maybe, and who knows? Maybe it's, I would people really, I mean, it's household or household name in that sense. Like, oh yeah, the, That's true. I, I don't, I just don't know. I feel like Ohio politics are kind of, uh, it's a niche, it's a niche thing for some Ohioans, maybe the way I, 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 you know, I see it on, um, unless you're like a big political junkie or something, I don't know if the average Ohioan cares, but, um, just, but I could be totally wrong. Um, so Someone votes for them. <laughs> well, correct me if I'm wrong. We're, we vote for each Senate candidate, right? Um, yes, all senators, uh, all, all U.S. senators are voted by the state of Ohio. Um, that has been the case since the 17th Amendment, when state legislators used to be in charge of uh, electing our uh, senators to Congress, because the House of Representatives was designed to represent the will of the people, and that's why districts change. The number of districts per state always changes. Um, but each state is guaranteed two uh, Senate seats, and that used to be uh, elected by state legislatures. So if you can imagine um, civics lesson here, but a House represented the will of the people in a way, and the state was the Senate meant to be a, uh, the, um, represent the will of the state legislatures. But state legislatures, they didn't want that hot potato. So they said, and they also fought over it like tooth and nail, like Supreme Court style nominations. Um so that's why they they pawned it off to the people at, uh, as well, and with the Seventeenth Amendment. So, well, I was going to say maybe if like you only voted for a U.S. Senate seat in Youngstown, then Larry Houseford would be in because you know uh, Trafficking's district was mostly Youngstown, and you know Youngstown kind of liked the politicians that kind of straddled well, the line. Tra- Trafficant kind of was like I think that's a little di- not a bit of a stretch there. Trafficant kind of was kind of had the same uh, allure of Trump, you know, kind of like, oh, he's one of us. He's for the people kind of person. Um, and um, whether or not you agree with that statement or not, that's just how it, I think it resonated with with voters. So um, and, and you know what? I remember um, the columnist up for the Vindicator had made that same connection back in the early years uh, in the early years of the Trump candidacy. So. Um, not, not that's, I think, uh, I don't householder, it would be more like the equivalent of, um, you know, uh, uh some establishment Republican who got in trouble ru- that running, uh, now running for a bigger office. <laughs> well, well, quickly, a couple of ones that kind of made me, I thought were kind of interesting. Uh Oh, I'm getting the call. I think, I think my, um, Kids' school is off for the day. Yikes! This is this is not good news, Brandon. <laughs> Sorry. So I apologize for the phone call in the back. I'll let that go. But let's talk about some of these other guys because quickly, there's some interesting people that again, this is Joe Blunder's column in the dispatch. Tongue firmly planted in cheek. He wasn't suggesting these people. He just wanted to have some fun with some names. But what about Dave Chappelle? Honestly, he's not my first choice, but I can see Dave Chappelle getting some favor ah uh, poor dave he got just you know he goes out without a mask hangs out and schmoozes with people and then gets covid i i don't know um you know and after after a great comedic um com you know i saw his comedy special in yellow that he i think he had in his um yellow in yellow springs um somewhere in that area 
um, for that aired on Netflix. This came out during last year during the the uh, the civil yeah. with George Floyd. Um, you know, don't know how it trans how you can translate from doing something the responsible thing with that performance and stuff, and then personally, yeah. you know, you expose yourself like that. It's it's a mixed bag, I guess. With Dave, I there are a lot of people who don't like his comedy for some reason. I always I'm always I'm always amused by it so um hey why not you know sometimes a little humor in our senator candidates is, is it's not a bad thing well i don't think he's he likes to avoid the limelight like he's very he's reclusive that's why he kind of like i did a story oh, a couple of years ago about how using yellow springs he never comes out like there was a a couple that saw him at a flea market or, or some like weird place in Yellow Springs, and he, he had disguise on. Like, he doesn't like to be recognized as much. but That's uh, he, very strange, because I've heard, like, man, I was in Yellow Springs, and I've heard, oh, yeah, he com- Dave comes out all the time or to this establishment or whatever, and we he's always talking to people and engaging with them, and well, I've, like heard, said, I've heard similar things. So This, this was this was a couple years ago, so maybe he changed. This was about the time where he kind of dropped off the face of Earth, because he was a big deal on the Comedy Central, and you know, like he went away, maybe he didn't do comedy and everything else. So I think this was kind of maybe at the time he started to peek his head out a little bit. Well, it was funny. It was a couple doing an engagement photo shoot, and like they saw Dave Chappelle, and Dave kind of put declined to get a picture, but then he was trying to be funny and doing uh, photo bombs in the background. So you just kind of you know peek his head in uh, as the couple was kind of cuddling in front, <laughs> and they thought it was really funny. So again. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's becoming less reclusive. I'm not sure if he wants to be totally out there as a U.S. Senate candidate. Because obviously, you'd have to have your face out there a lot more. So, who knows? But I actually think he might be an interesting uh, character. Uh, Gloria Steinem was number one they suggested. You know, she's from Fleeto, iconic feminist. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is Gloria Steinem still with us? I'm not even sure she's still alive, is she? I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure as much about her, but let's go to the next one. Jack Hanna. Now, I'm actually thinking, I mean, I, I'm actually putting him up on the Amy Acton. Like, we haven't heard yet from Amy Acton if she wants to run. But, man, I think Jack Hanna is electable. Am I crazy? Well, Jack Hanna would be a, kind of a, an establishment Republican, I, I'm calling it. Um, See, I don't even know yeah. where his political leans lie. Uh, you know I've heard, I've heard, I've heard of, I've heard, um, I've, I've, I, from what I've heard about him from, you know, maybe it was, uh, people who might've worked for him as a Columbus Zoo employee or whatnot, you know, oh, okay. um, I'm making, I mean, I could be totally wrong. He might be, who knows? I think he would be a moderate at the very least, but, um, um, yeah. keep in mind he's, 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 he's run the zoo. He's run the zoo fantastically. Um, and being the face of it, you know, but it's kind of come more from a business standpoint. Right, right. Um, and you got to, you got to make it a viable, viable venture to keep the zoo, uh, sustainable. But, um, um, but well, there's a difference when you run the Columbus Zoo and decide national policy, <laughs> a COVID relief plan and other stuff too. I, yeah. I mean, I'm making a guess here. Don't quote me. I don't want to speak for him. It's like his, he can, but that's just my, the vibe I've, I've gotten from conversations with people and it really, for all I know, I'm woefully wrong. So I'm going to put that big, huge asterisk on there and say, ignore Brandon. <laughs> but I wouldn't be If he ran as a problem, I would not be surprised. If he ran as a Democrat, I mean, I'd be like, well, he would be probably more under that Biden intent. But, um, but that, I agree with you at the end of the day. It's, it would be like another, 
um, no, but might be an interesting um, candidate choice up there. Like maybe sort around acting or not. Yeah, I mean, I look at him like Amy Acton. Who knows? I mean, I have no idea what he believes. I, I, I but we don't know what Amy Acton believes. And Amy Acton could be a wonderful center. Amy Acton could be a train wreck. I think the same thing with Jack Hanna. But I compare Jack Hanna with some of these other choices. I mean, who are you voting for, Jack Hanna or Michael Coleman? I'd say Jack Hanna. You know what I mean? I, I don't think Jack Hanna is a crazy choice. Now, we have no indication Jack Hanna would ever even think about becoming it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I think there might be worse choices out there. Hey, if he's Republican, what about Jack Hanna versus Amy Acton final? It'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, the other names, Martin Sheen. I, I don't know. I don't even know where Martin Sheen's from. I'm not sure if that will work. I guess he's a Dayton native. But, you know, Martin Sheen, I'm not sure. Um, the other two I wanted to mention real quick, um, Omarosa. Now, she, she's from Youngstown. I, I think we've seen the last of Omarosa. I don't know. I mean, I think we were kind of interested in her when she was on this, The Apprentice a couple times. But I think after a stint with the Trump White House, I mean, I think even if you're a Trump person, I'm not sure if you're excited hey, about Omarosa. Omarosa fascinates me in the sense of she kind of represents. I feel like these people who associated with Trump in a way they kind of represented a different piece of, of his personality in a way, and Omarosa kind of represented that fleshiness or that kind of a yeah. um, that kind of dec- decadence that Trump loved, um, you know, and um, that got her in trouble a little bit at the White House. So I kind of I liked Omarosa. Not even like even if she was the biggest Trump fan, or still supports him. I, I still kind of liked her. Um, I liked her for kind of the the just living it, you know. Um, hey, you're in the White House, you're a White House employee. Just live it up as much as you can because we're on this rock for a short amount of time. So, I mean, even though you would, you probably shouldn't, but you know, what would any of us mortals down here not do the same? I, I don't know. That's kind of how I look at it. I lost a little bit for Omarosa because you know, she ended up getting fired from the White House, and how much of her relationship with Trump is right now, but. She got in Celebrity Big Brother, which is interesting. It was like weeks after she got fired. And again, sue me. I'm a Big Brother guy. There's a lot wrong with me. That's one of the things that's wrong with me. But, you know, I was watching that. And they were trying to get people to watch Celebrity Big Brother saying, look what Omarosa's going to say. I'm like, oh, is she going to bring some news here? All she said was, Trump's a bad, bad man. There was no context. There was no explanation. I'm like, you're in the White House. Give some analysis. Say, hey, he said this or not. Just saying you're a bad, bad man was weird. I, I don't know. I, I lost a little bit from her. Well, no, well, she did say this, though. I mean, I think you might missed it. She, Her biggest revelation was is like, you know, people want Pence to be VP, but she says that in some ways he's worse than Trump. That was kind of her analysis. Like... Um, but give me explanation. I mean, I, I mean not disagree with that standpoint, but what I'm saying is, okay, what is it? Like, did he say something odd or something? I mean, you could say stuff. Maybe, I think there was rumors that she was going to write a book, but I'm not even sure if she ever wrote the book. And if she wrote the book, it probably didn't do well. I mean, I, I, I think like, there was probably more... more. I think she probably gave more details. I remember, I remember that Big Brother stint a little bit, and it was, yeah, and it was, it was kind of like what everyone says. Like some ways, Pence would be worse, and Pence would, if depending if you were a liberal, if a hardcore liberal, Pence would be worse for sure. But um, 
if you're a conservative, oh, he'd be great. But um, I think, and I guess it, it always kind of goes around those kind of LGBTQ kind of um, um, positions or issues that kind of have been settled, kind of not been settled. It's very strange on that front. But um, um, but that's Omarosa. I just I think I laughed because mostly I think she got fired for. She wanted to have like her her wedding photo shoot at the White House, and uh, it just was um, but, didn't, but but did not happen. And that was during the the I think it almost got to break down Trump's tenure of White House by the, his chief of staff. Um, who was his chief of staff at the time? That's kind of like how they should break it down. Um, um, <laughs> it, and that time it was John together. Kelly. It was, yeah. John, it was John Kelly. Yes. It was John Kelly at that time actually. Uh, so he was trying to, who was trying to run more of a tight operation, I believe, and and uh, a tight ship, and it wasn't working out uh, in the end. But um, no, like here, quick, all the chief of staffs, Ryan Priebus, John Kelly, and um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Oh, but after that, maybe it was Mark Meadows. Then um, uh, possibly, I might. Maybe there's one more. I feel like we're. You're better just than I am. It, it was just all a, uh, it was all flow. I, I just I can't. Oh, Mark Mullaney might have been. I think it was Mark Mullaney. I think who might have been. Uh, I think that was his name. I could be wrong. Mark Mulvaney. Mulvaney. Oh, let's see well, if he was a chief of staff. I, I can't remember. I'm I'm bad. I'm terrible at this. <laughs> well, I can't remember if I told. I, I'm sure I told you sometime, but it, it's triggering a memory. Mick Mulvaney. Oh, and he wasn't a chief of staff. He was an acting chief of staff. Yes. Okay. Well, well, I gotta tell you off record. I can't tell you. I would love to talk to you about this on the podcast. I'd love to have this person on the podcast, but I might get sued if I put this on. I, I don't know if I told you. I, I'm sure I said one time I had a former supervisor at one of my places of work work in the White House, and oh, there, there's stories to tell, Brandon. I, I wish I could tell oh, them here, God. but. We gotta talk afterwards. Yes, yes. Off, off off line. Show. Put I, it behind I, the Patreon wall. I'm desperate to say it now, but I, I I don't know if I get sued, but I probably lose some credibility. But yeah, I heard stories. We'll have to talk. Let's ensure now. But no, um, no. But it'd be interesting. And the final guy, real quick. I don't know. I mean, he's older. I think he's above eighty now. But Jack Nicholas, I thought was an interesting name. And now he's come out as a big Trump guy, which um, some people didn't like, but the Golden Bear, I mean, what, what name recognition. I mean, he's above 80. I'm not sure if he should be a U.S. senator, but who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, that that would be, I would put that definitely well-deserved on. I think the on Blundo's list of least likely or really unlikely, but Jack Hanna is like, the, out of all that list, Jack Hanna would be like, I, you could see him run for Senate if he wanted, yeah. so wanted to. It, it, and maybe we're woefully wrong about his politics. Um, so, but you know, maybe tomorrow I'll we'll, I'll come out with the correction if I find more more. Uh, I should. <laughs> I got kind of caught off guard here, so I'm going to have to come back and get back to you on that. Well, obviously, we share this on a lot of social media platforms, but we're streaming live on Twitch. I see we actually have a viewer on Twitch. Maybe it's Jack Nicholas. Maybe Jack Nicholas is. Checked us out on Twitch, and he's like, "No, I'm an AOC guy. No, or Jack Hanna. Maybe it's Jack Hanna watching us on Twitch, and he's screaming at his Twitch feed, yelling, "I love AOC, or I love you know." I feel like Jack would be at the very least a pro business politician. I would have okay. to say he would be pro business. Right. 
I, that's a, at least to that extent. I mean, like, I think he's, he's done, he's got, he's, he's, um, he's someone with, that comes from a business background. I would, I, from my understanding yeah. when I looked at his bio back in a while ago, but, um, so I have to imagine and the way he's run the Columbus Zoo, I would say it's, 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 it feels more like it's run definitely like a business, not to say it's been, it's done terrible job. It's the number, it's at least the number one or number two zoo in the country, or it's has been a number one zoo for a while. So, um, you know, can't can't dispute that. Now, does that translate well to a senator running as a senator candidate? I don't. I don't know. Holy crap! On his yeah. Wikipedia page, he majored in political science at Muskingum College in New Concord. Uh oh. I'm yeah. I'm saying he has political interest, and I yeah. mean, like, I don't like. I say, I mean, I've had conversations with employees about what kind of books he's reading. I'm that make me, and it doesn't, but reading a book doesn't mean, oh, this is his politics. I mean, you know, this is, but it does make you wonder. Like, I, I, I would not be surprised if he slanted more right than, than, um, definitely he would not be. <laughs> I'm 100% sure he would not be an AOC fan, but, um, okay. I, uh, I, I am doing some internet searches. Why search for Jack and politics? I, I see that he was a political science major. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out something that would kind of come out. Um, hang on, let me look at one other thing. I'm intrigued. Uh, and, you know, hey, to Jack, he probably keeps it close to his chest, and for good reason. Like it does, it has nothing to do with running a zoo. It has nothing to do with being the face of a zoo. Well, and he's smart too because there's a lot of people I've interviewed lately. Uh, I interviewed the band Switchfoot, and you know Switchfoot makes some political leanings. But I, I interviewed them kind of early on in the Trump term, and <laughs> although one of their albums made some clear points about how they were really worried about where America was going, um, I brought politics, and they they kind of went quiet. <laughs> we're not going there. We're not going there. So I mean, I think Jack Hanna's like that. It's smart because hey, I'm I'm googling Jack Hanna and different presidential candidates' name. And the only thing I'm seeing is Jack Ham majored in political science. Good for him. Hey, may we all be where if you Google our names, you don't see a ton of, you know, political leaning. So, hey, bravo, Jack Hanna. Hey, I know you're up against a, a pretty hard time um, out, but I want to bring this up really quick. Um, Subway, there's a, a suit out there um, claiming their tuna isn't really tuna. Why do we have tuna at all? Are you a tuna guy? I, 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 the canned tunas, man, I, my grandma makes, uh, tuna fish sandwiches out of that. I mean, what, okay. who doesn't like tuna? <laughs> I, I don't like tuna. <laughs> I you gotta make, you don't just eat it out of the can. You gotta mix it up oh. with some mayo, mustard. You gotta, oh. gotta, it's, 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 of course it's not gonna be good on its own. <laughs> I am, we got Wendy's. Saturday night, we were we took a drive to Walmart to do a drive, a pickup order, and it was six thirty. We're like, hey, we got to feed the kids, so we we got Wendy's, and my fourteen year old had an extra chicken sandwich, and it had some mayo. And my wife's like, he doesn't want to eat it. Do you want to eat it? I was reluctant to eat it because I don't even like mayo on my chicken sandwich. So it, it was tough. It was tough. So, yes, I don't know how I feel about the suit. I mean, I would side in favor of the people who say it's Subway not like- just seems to, 
it's like, why is everyone targeted targeting Subway? They've done that with the well, with the whole well, the the foot long's not really a foot long, and right. Oh man, Every, poor Subway. They just can't can't catch a break. Well, one of my favorite comedians, Jim Gaffigan, he had a recent like spiel on Subway where he's like, "Look, it's a deli sandwich. I mean, you might as well. You could probably make that same type of sandwich at home for like ten percent of the cost. And granted, anytime you go out to eat." what you're buying doesn't cost that much to make on your own. But I think his point was somebody really overcharges for what they're, they're giving you. Well, that's what sucks about the whole COVID thing in the way, you know, if in a perfect world, everyone would be packing their lunches and packing their, you know, packing, just right. making, making their foods at home, but, you know, and treat dining as an experience, but, um, Oh, we can't um, do that anymore. <laughs> We can't. We're getting away. Man, poor economy. Poor economy here. That that would take a hit. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Well, I, my wife and I, which again, when you have two kids, it makes it tough. Uh, we're trying to plan Valentine's Day. And man, usually you're like, hey, I want to take you out somewhere nice. We were talking the other day and we're like, I don't know where we want, we want to go out to eat. So we're kind of considering, hey, maybe we would just bring a home and eat at home, you know, for a Valentine's Day. It's a different world of COVID, man. Have you tried the igloos? Uh, try the what? Uh, some nicer restaurants have igloos out there where you're outside. Oh, my gosh. They're so expensive. Yeah, how expensive are they? We're looking at it. Probably, in, probably like in the hundreds of dollars. Um, really? I would say I would, it depends on where you go, I guess. But um, the ones I've seen, you know, hundreds of dollars. Um, it's not very it's not it's not under 100 that's for sure i think it includes though your meals and stuff but um yeah well sherry, sherry gave me the thumbs down to that because she was afraid of the cold because you know they keep it warmer it's not like you're outside outside but still in ventilation you have to let the air in if the air is cold it makes it tough so you know she definitely doesn't want to go inside for, for valentine's day dinner but she's not sure about the igloos either not just for the cost but you know she doesn't like to be cold. It, was, it sounds like it'd be cold outside too. I don't know. Uh, I, I, probably I might be. I don't know. I can't wait for the summer. Let's get to summer where we can at least enjoy each other a little bit outside. And if we have to distance, it's easier to social distance when it's nice outside. You know, it's tough now. So I don't know. I, I saw a picture on Facebook of some friends, and they were um, enjoying outside. They're like, "This is the only way we can hang out. We're socially distancing." And they live, I think, in Minnesota, where it's like 50 times cooler than it is here. I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Just do a Zoom call, so it should be good. All right. Well, hey, we're at the end of our time, Brandon. Thanks for saying over. Um, anything else we want to mention? Any shout-outs or insults you want to give out before you <laughs> close for the day? Uh, we're just hoping Craig feels better, and we'll see him tomorrow. Yeah, we'll we'll see Craig tomorrow. And, um, yeah, again, check us out. I didn't mention Chase Bank. Uh, check our sponsor, Chase Bank. Click the link, sign up for them, uh, set up a direct deposit, and you get paid. <laughs> 200 bucks. It's as easy as that. Check out other sponsors. Again, all of our – and I'm going to start sharing some of our links. I think it might be easier for you to subscribe. And, again, today, the introduction of Twitch. And I, I see we had a viewer on Twitch the whole time. So whoever it is, thank you. Leave a comment. Tell us what you think. I, I want to know where you're from. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see somebody already um, listening to us on Twitch. One viewer. One viewer. 
Well, well, it's pretty good because we didn't announce this. There's been a while where I wasn't live streaming it uh, based on time, but I said, screw it, we're going to live stream. They didn't announce it before, so I'm happy we even have one on Twitch, which is I, good. I just like I just want their gens game. That's all. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, but check us out. We're going to start doing live streaming on our Twitter um, Ohioan feed, uh, also on YouTube as well as Twitch. So, yeah, definitely check it out. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks again uh, for listening to Ohioan, for Brandon and Craig, who isn't feeling well. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.